hello everyone welcome to the new episode of everyday talkies now before you jump on to listening to this episode wait take a breath smile get your regular dose of life changing entropy here on everyday talkies Hello guys welcome to the new episode of Guns Jumps and Steel we're back with i think the last or the second last episode of this series and today we'll be discussing about Japan but before all of that welcome back pushkar hello it's been so long since we recorded our last podcast oh shut up no it didn't okay no let's not lie to them too much anyway they won't be again hearing from us for the past like let's let's say a month or so we'll record everything today and then content for two more months is sorted yeah we are at the last chapter now of guns jumps and steel the chapter that was added in in the new newer edition so if you by chance buy the older editions you can skip this episode if you want no Or please don't this, this is episode. this is a really nice episode come on <laughs> we'll see i mean we still haven't recorded it so this time who do, who wants to go for the summary bit it's your turn bro last time i went okay fine fine <laughs> Okay so for people who are listening to us for the past you know what 2 3 4 months and have been following all our guns jumps and steel episode you know kudos to you because even i have not listened to that very chapters <laughs> but uh, yeah a uh, quick uh, summary for people who uh, who have just joined us from this chapter we are reviewing not reviewing we are discussing the book guns jumps and steel by jared diamond uh, this book has been torn apart i think in a way which i have not even studied my textbooks so that's a good thing but yeah we started with the whole uh, we started with yali's question basically yali was a uh, politician which uh, the author met in polynesia and then the entire book is about you know why certain places are more developed than the others i think that's the basic thing and we start with understanding how humans developed uh, how humans evolved from africa they migrated towards the entire world and how did the ma- migration happen when did that happen and what did it lead to and that we also learn about some experiments in history uh, especially you know uh, maori moriori then uh, this uh, spanish conquistadors oh i am glad i remember these terms even now after four months of recording it after all of this we understood why sedentary life is important um, why agriculture was important in our evolution and every food developed from our poop the classic joke which carries on in every episode and we also understood the importance of animals big animals domestication of big animals which led to the sedentary lifestyles and all of that and i think one of the most interesting episodes was you know uh, tilted axis how latitude and longitude impacts us which we had never really given a thought before but i think now in every chapter we have to reiterate that because it was such a big role in all the continents that we are you know covering right now after that we you know understood basically covered the main crux of the book right guns germs and steel understood about lit- literacy you know writing language then technology about how germs spread about and finally about government and religion and for the past five chapters if you have been listening to us um, you know we covered china polynesia australia new guinea area and americas and eurasia and i think the last one was africa don't consider us racist guys it was purely for academic i can reiterating that <laughs> and this was this is i think one of the most interesting chapters because i have just finished reading this i think all the facts and you know concepts are so clear in my mind that i'm so excited about it so this chapter is about who are the japanese yeah it's good because anshul is going to take the lead on this one okay yeah so the japanese are a people who live in the on the island of japan okay, since you don't remember too much let's do it a bit different okay and since it's it may be just with the last episode of this entire series so according to you Let's say that we have forgotten what chapter is, which I am sure you have forgotten already. Some cool facts about Japan, and you were the most excited to read this chapter, right, from the very beginning of this book. So, what do you expect from it? And you know, 
like what were you looking forward for so the thing is see um, i know a lot of recent japanese history you know with the whole uh, edo empire and like the whole meiji period and then you know the decline uh, the decline of the whole empire thing and then transition into modern world and all that but what is interesting what i would have like like to see is the uh, origins of you know japanese culture as it started because i know like a little bit about it in the sense that the reason japanese civilization uh, like came up as it did like you know uh, subsisting on the uh, the japanese diet as we know it like rice and fish was because of availability because of lack of uh, you know domesticatable animals and all this stuff so all that you know that much i knew about it and going into this i was obviously like anticipating something about japan's relationship with china and korea and uh, you know all this the, like how people would have first you know uh, colonized the japanese island like the first people when the whole expansion was happening toward like the, the great you know austronesian expansion uh, how people would have uh, populated japan and then ended up you know creating this whole isolated culture because of the nature of their island and all of that wow you expected a lot of things let me see how much the chapter has really covered <laughs> but yeah you know it is very baffling because when i read this chapter it was it went against i think almost everything that we have read up until now right it is like an exception in the entire world and it is and it may i don't know because it is exception from a cultural standpoint now to expand more on that so people who don't know about japan is open a world map guys come on and uh, so there has been this conflicting uh, theory that how did japan evolve its culture right and why do why are we focusing so much on japan if it's just a small island somewhere why didn't we focus on different countries like this as described in this chapter japan's so everything from every continent or every country that we're visiting we are trying to understand the history via linguistics right and when we see the linguistics for japan it is very very different from its close neighbors because everything gets derived from your neighbors right it is derived from somebody so from japan we see that the language is very different from the old japanese uh, which the japan the japan uh, the modern japanese belief right or from koreans as well the modern koreans i mean the modern korean language yeah. so like- Koreans are more in common with uh, the Tamil language than they do with Japanese. Exactly. So, and how come uh, you know this differences occurred in such wide variety? And there is no relationship with China as well. Though for people who get confused between Chinese and Japanese people because of the racism or or their ignorance, but the language is not at all similar. There is vast differences between them. So, how did these differences come about, and what does this really mean for Japan? So, basically, the chapter uh, you know starts about understanding. Like, there are conflicting theories about how Japan got people. or how basically it got populated so the initial theory is that yeah the general bit right that from eurasia people migrated to china and all of that in china the whole people evolved like there was writing there was farming and it was like the birth ground of agriculture as well right and people migrated that uh, from there uh, to korea and then to japan like someone drifted, drifted on a raft up until they reached japan that is true right and then they uh, they settled there and uh, majorly they were called enu i i have no idea how to pronounce the dates so they were the Uh, you know so they were like the most uh, you know oldest japanese tribes you could say and they still uh, uh, reside today but they are treated like native americans right yeah it's a whole thing like uh, uh, they are they are being pushed farther north and north and uh, they've been they're being displaced and uh, it's a whole thing anyway uh, not to get into all that but uh, yeah one interesting thing that uh, i wanted to point out was do you know the story of karate uh, as according to the completely historically accurate movie the karate kid <laughs> no bro <laughs> okay so not the like the karate kid part 2 actually but 
in that what they uh, what the story of how karate originated is you know it's that some chinese guy like living on the coastal uh, edge of china uh, who was like a, a martial artist who was learned in maybe kung fu or something he once got drunk and uh, he was in a boat he got drunk and he started drifting into the open sea and drifted all the way to japan and when he reached the shores of japan there he came into the uh, came into contact with the japanese people and he introduced them to uh, kung fu which later like the uh, adapted itself into karate Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a completely fake story, but it just reminded me of that because of what we're talking about. Okay, it was not karate as per se, but yeah, the entire Japanese history evolved in something very similar way. Like people from uh, Korea, uh, Korean descent, drifted over to twelve thousand years ago to Japan, and from then. Japan itself is evolving in a standalone format. So this is theory one, right? Because J- Japanese pride of their oldest heritage. Like in every continent country that we have seen, people have migrated. People have you know usurped other people. But Japan prides over its culture that they had their history, which you know goes back to twelve thousand years. And from then, the same uh, people have been germinating, which is very doubtful. Even that history, like the uh, you know, only came about recently because. up until uh, world war 2 ended and you know the americans occupied japan and you know emperor hirohito was dethroned um, and japan you know was turned into a democracy and all of that stuff up until then they used to teach in japanese schools that you know uh, humanity uh, arose in japan because of the japanese sun god who uh, basically came down onto the island and uh, created human beings and all this stuff you know stuff like that which dates back to like 600 to 800 AD. See that exactly not AD or BC. Okay whatever. So because that is another part of history that will come to Japan because that is also very nice because so let's complete that whole part. So first one was this old heritage part. Second one was that Koreans came in masses. They basically you know usurped Japan. So originally Japan was part of Korea and that is what Koreans believe. And the third theory basically is opposite. Japanese believe that Korea was initially part of Japan and Japan had usurped Korea. Well, to be fair, to be fair, for a long time, Japan also believed China was part of uh, <laughs> Japan. So, but yeah, these were the three conflicting theories, and then there was oh, one more, right? Where I think only five thousand people uh, came in from Korea in the very early days, and because they were farmers, they could you know populate easily more, right? They had a better uh, offspring descendant rate, and they ultimately you know grew over the hunter gatherers and basically covered the entire of Japan, uh, Japan people. So that is also one instead of you know the mass murder theory that we have, but. from what we have seen from the past chapters and past histories i think there has been mass murder i don't know if japan murdered korea or korea murdered japan japanese people but oh japan definitely did like he mentions the stuff about the nose tombs in japan right the which contain the noses cut off of 20000 koreans and brought to japan as trophies of a 16th century japanese invasion of korea yeah, so who knows what happened and even the whole point is right, that we can Like he, uh, Jared Diamond mentions that Japan is the like you know hot ground for all archaeologists because they spend like millions of dollars there just to excavate you know new materials and try to understand Japanese history because it is so different from the rest of the world and because there has been yeah, so and also it years. wasn't available until like very recently like just after World War Two archaeological sites weren't really open and even now right because of that whole uh, you know descendant heritage and um, all of them being descendants of the sun god whatever many of these tombs are. or kofuns as they mentioned right the dome shaped structures where they bury people uh, they are not allowed to like they're not allowed to see the uh, people who are buried there or analyze them because then you could easily understand right whether they were descendants of korea or you know old japanese people and then we could have a proper heritage but because all of that is you know garbed under the whole religious angle well 
whenever and when i was reading this chapter right i had this whole james bond movie playing in my mind that you know there's a treasure inside one of the cofoons james bond goes excavates that and that finally leads to you know the uh, stops to a war between japan and korea and they understand yeah, that I mean, their brothers you should mention that because uh, there is a bond movie that uh, was like uh, where bond goes to japan called you only live twice and uh, uh, it's not particularly one of the best movies because uh, in the movie we are supposed to believe that uh, sean connery uh, is like going undercover as a japanese person <laughs> okay that is way of a stretch than people believe chinese are japanese but okay moving <laughs> forward but yeah that is the whole point right that key the entire chapter focuses on the fact that what really happened were koreans migrating uh, here or did japan invade here and he basically gives you know valid theories for all of them he mentions that you know korea had the rich heritage of having water bodies having such a having a better climate right and they could grow rice in such quantities that they are bound to migrate and again in japan right he mentions that japan was not you know f- thrown off in the sea one day when there was ice age it was connected with russia from the top and from uh, from the bottom it was connected with korea so it is very much possible that some rush like uh, there were migrants in the north side from russia and on the sides from the south side from korea now from russia because there were more hunter gatherers it was a more cold weather when we say russia we mean more like mongolian looking people not Correct. like the typical uh, russian russian that we imagine you know vodka yeah no, yeah but, but like non modern russians let's say ancient russians because by that so uh so there are two groups of people who are residing and both of them have different climatic areas and that basically is a play of chance that we, that we have been reiterating and let's do the development so in the northern part a new people developed and in the southern part i don't know what were they were so german people were the ones who uh, you know majorly resided in the southern portion and it is thought that they were you know some kind of descendants or influence from koreans because they also you know grew rice and you know were heavily dependent uh, depended on seafood and all of that because of the clo- because you know better climate and close or nearby occurrence of water and ocean and all of that but him he keeps on mentioning you know hokkaido like no i didn't know hokkaido like i knew the name but i didn't know it has such a amazing history apparently hokkaido has a really enu people live in uh, hokkaido and it has a really rich history uh, i mean there was an episode of uh, anthony bourdain show that i watched uh, about that apparently it's a very troubled and but very interesting history and a lot of uh, japanese food that uh, people really love uh, it has different versions so like it originates in hokkaido and it has been like kind of co-opted by the rest of the uh, japanese you know mainland and you know another like nice fact which i saw was maybe i'll quote from this book only that at the end of ice age one thing like amazing happened that was the invention of pottery and apparently the world's oldest pottery was discovered in japan at 12700 bc or 2700 yeah, years ago what yeah 2700 years ago and that is like the oldest one and everyone in china korea trying to you know beat that number and and that is shocking because we always told right that key for fertile crescent china or you know seven or eight places where agriculture developed and why will pottery develop pottery will develop if you want to store something right and that leads us to believe that there were some hunter gatherers themselves who developed pottery because of such a amazing climatic as well as soil condition in japan that hunter gatherers themselves could lead a sedentary lifestyle and could get enough from uh, nature that they started doing pottery and that basically evolved into you know them uh, you know boiling and you know storing food and then leading a sedentary life uh, people could do other work and that is what he compares right that why didn't let's say why did it take korea because korea had received you know literacy or agriculture way before uh, you know 
Japan was still hunter gatherers. It was like two thousand years ago, Korea was already uh, like had uh, agriculture, and Japan was still hunter gatherers. So why wasn't uh, it possible until seven hundred, you know, uh, AD figure, that seven hundred BC, that Korea did not was was unable to invade Japan? Like what did it? What stopped them from doing that? And the biggest thing that he mentions is that weather. Yeah, weather is there. And the second thing he mentions one lies. It was poor farmers fighting with rich hunter gatherers. <laughs> yeah, because the farmers in Korea. Though they were farmers, but because of uh, you know dry nature, uh, they used to grow rice in a dry field. They had not developed irrigation by then, and that is why they had to spend too much time uh, for uh, that aspect. Whereas the hunter gatherers were enjoying the abundant supply of uh, fruits and animals back in Japan, and they were in uh, you know and they were rich, so they could avoid the farmers. But up until that time, when they developed irrigation and had developed technology and all of that, and then finally they just took its course, right? And they usurped the whole of Japan. According to one of the theories, which Japanese will never accept, but it's it's understood, right? Why would like people would want to think themselves as special, right? They uh, and preserve and just claim that they have like twelve thousand years old history, which where no other country can claim that. Legitimately, I mean, don't we all do that? Though all civilizations like to claim that they were the first, uh, they were the ones who were the uh, originators of civilization or whatever. That's how this whole uh, colonization just started, and also with us uh, and you know our whole Indus civilization. and you know it's always termed uh, what like the funny thing is it's always termed in such vague uh, kind of words you know like uh, if you look up like school history books uh, you'll always find like uh, stuff like you know indus civilization is uh, one of the oldest or perhaps the oldest civilization in the world they never give like a point of reference or anything it's just like left vague like that so you kind of just assume that you know This is the one that came first, and but then they claim for same for Egypt. They claim same for you know Japan and everywhere, which is China, and uh, so yeah. Now coming to this uh, whole thing, okay. Uh, I won't be like let's not discuss about the whole crop thing and all. That's the same, like better climate, better crops, better this and that. But the reason why this chapter is interesting is because there's no uh, consensus whether what exactly happened. Though we believe that yes, there was Korean influence and there was you know they finally came and usurped that because for twelve thousand years I'm I suspect somebody can hold their own heritage and be hunter gatherers, right? So. I think let's discuss the different you know theories that he was talking about towards the end, like three alternative hypotheses that how Japanese culture evolved. The first one was that the Jobon hunter gatherers themselves gradually evolved into modern Japanese. Like that, this is the most ideal one which even Japanese people would believe. And uh, so basically, initially they had rice and all of that. They, like basically, they got information from Korea that how to cultivate rice instead of Koreans coming and usurping them. They got the information and they started uh, you know agriculture, which I think it is very tough to believe. They did talk about this whole you know. Uh, information migration blueprint and all of that you remember in the literacy chapter yeah, uh, yeah but yeah. again he keeps on mentioning that it is more likely that people will come and usurp your land rather than you know friendly pass on the information and the second theory is basically that which i uh, already talked about right that the yawi or the who evolved into shomon uh, they initially migrants from korea they came they you know in had their own culture practices they you know mixed with the japanese people and they have their they had their own uh, Korean heritage brought into it, and that is why you see such cultural similarity and religious similarity between Korea and Japan. And the last one is, well, simple. Korea came, demolished entire of Japan, and uh, yeah, conquered them. So that and was Japanese. But see, the don't you feel that this all of this gets negated by the fact that we initially mentioned in the beginning of the episode, right? That even after all of this. that there is cultural similarity between korea and japan nobody can come to a consensus but we know for a fact that there is cultural similarity between korea and japan 
if we do some genetic you know mapping and all of that we see there are cultural similarities yeah anui people are different but the, the southern people majorly they have a mixed cultural heritage but then how come the languages are so different and do not have common roots they have like hardly 15% similarity uh, what was analyzed well you tell me how does it make sense pushkar you have to say something for this episode i don't know sometimes uh, there are no answers you know or sometimes the answers are hidden or sometimes it's so obvious but uh, we haven't seen it yet oh you shut up the answer was basically it's hypothesized that what we are comparing is modern day korean language with what is there with modern day japan la- japanese language and modern day yeah. anui language which is not true right as you as you mentioned that russians had an influence over anui people from the north and korea itself had three major kingdoms each speaking very different dialects and more different languages one of them he mentioned i don't remember the name they unified the entire of korea and then they invaded japan or i don't know like they had a strong foothold in korea but it is very much possible that one of the other cultures or one of the other kingdoms invaded japan with their language and that language got demolished from korea altogether because there was a unification by somebody else and we have lost that background so it might be a, a influence of old korean as well as old russian and old mongolian uh, language there and that is and that amalgamation is basically modern japanese some they will find it also wow such a nice contribution by pushkar <laughs> but yeah like japan history still baffles us and they, you know there were uh, i think we discussed this you know the whole kamikaze thing um how um what do you say that the tsunami prevented uh, japan from getting engulfed by mongolia and were the only ones to stop them and they had this various geographical and people factor which makes them unique and the cultural heritage as well that's why we are you know more fascinated by japanese culture and all of that who yeah, knows somebody needs to make a movie on this episode uh, anshul and i are going to take a trip to japan oh i i surely wanted to see i i want a you know book by let's say somebody who who does a deep dive on japan's culture and heritage and like a fiction book you know that murder mystery or understanding the whole of uh, like let's say there's a okay, you are uh, very you are very 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 subtle anshul thank you I don't know what subtle. Okay, <laughs> that way. No, I was expecting Dan Brown to pick this up. Okay, if he hears it, I didn't oh, expect wow. you. Oh wow! Okay, wow! Okay. <laughs> Now I'm insulted. <laughs> if you pick it up, that's good. I get to read the you know unreleased copies, which I don't know how the world will uh, read or not. But yeah, Dan Brown picks it up. I think he'll do more research at least. You should just read Shogun, you know. Yeah, maybe I should. No, because you know the whole. I have like the whole plot plotted out. Like a world war uh, has broken out. Why? Because. Korea has uh, started a war with Japan because both of them can't agree that uh, you know they are encountered the others and they want to capture each other and uh, finally James Bond comes I don't know why do I come to come back to James Bond okay and he finds the history and tells them that both of you are brothers okay so live happily together and uh, don't fight and the world war stops oh, I wow. start I narrated a, absolutely horrible <laughs> a panchatantra story with a moral <laughs> yeah This is like some Bahubali level shit. But yeah, with that, I think we come to the end of this chapter, and potentially. Yeah, what a disappointing end to this series. Why disappointing? Come on, you did not remember shit. I, I know, but like it was like at least it wasn't a you know whatever that pitch for a movie was. Okay, yeah, fine. I know, I know. <laughs> but you know, people will remember because of this pitch. Okay, maybe someday someone amongst our audience will become a film filmmaker. Who knows? Maybe you will write a book. Will. create something i will forget to credit me who knows you have a very you have a very rich imagination we'll see college has not been uh, <laughs> well for your uh, imagination <laughs> uh, yeah but with that i think we should end this episode at some point 
and you guys let us know do you want to you know hear one last episode with our thoughts but with pushkar's attitude i don't think so that will be happening but if you still want to have that closing conclusion i mean guys come on let's talk about hockey or something else i mean <laughs> okay. we've talked about this book for long enough cool cool I yeah mean, anyway, if you guys agree with me if you guys agree with me don't send us any messages oh, so if you don't on, get you any know. messages then <laughs> we will consider that you guys don't want another episode uh, see i hardly believe there will be anyone who will be you know waiting for this last minute of our episode but whatever if you have been listening to us follow us everywhere and tell us you know what you liked about the series if you want to if you want us to do something very similar with other books um pushkar will kill me but you know just give me some recommendations and yes no, we'll I mean, bring we could do that with other books that yeah never say never And we'll try to you know move on to some review corners and all of that because I think a lot of that is pending. I have to watch a lot of shit there, and we'll have some fun episodes also planned for you. I think we'll also try to do one episode per book instead of a whole series. Ah, I think that is more probable. <laughs> yeah, and maybe someday when Pushkar completes his own book, we'll talk about that. But with that, we close off. We sign up. Follow us everywhere. Buy me a coffee. dot com slash everyday talkies and all of that. Yeah, with that. Bye bye and we'll meet you next week with another episode. Bye. Tata. Thank you for listening to this episode. Follow us on social media and do let us know if you want to be part of the next episode. Till then, live long and prosper.